welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichols. And today on the show, we're talking about our advice for younger property investors, the ones just starting out. Now, this comes from listener of the show, Monique, who says, Hi there, I'm 20. And what advice would you give someone who's just starting out? P.S. would love to hear more about younger generations wanting to invest. So, Monique, this one is for you. And actually, in our book, which we're in the process of writing, and is going to be released in February, we think it is, we've broken down investing into three different stages of life. We've broken it down into at the starting blocks, running the race, and then crossing the finish line. So what does that first stage, you know, on the starting blocks, what does that actually involve? Well, it's all about getting those first tranches of equity, building up some wealth so that you're able to invest. Now, that could come from a range of things. You could tap into the bank of mum and dad, sometimes a bit controversial, but definitely an option out there. Pulling out your KiwiSaver and the first home grant in order to get into your first home. So living in it for six months, then turning it into a rental or saving up that deposit or some other range of factors that you're able to do in order to pull that equity together. But that is the first stage. We've got to find some amount of equity. So we're either able to get into our first property or able to start becoming more of a passive investor. But what I want to talk to you, Andrew, is if you were just starting out, if you're in that starting block, so that's kind of what's going through your mind, what's the strategy you would use to get started? Well, a mere 18 years ago, that was me in that starters block. I think the first thing you do is get a lot of information. Not so much information that it's confusing. Don't get Uncle Barry's advice. Just stick to things like the Property Academy podcast, unbiased advice. Read some books. Go to a Property Investors Association meeting. Start surrounding yourself with positive people who are doing what you want to do. And then start being realistic around your expectations of what you're going to buy. So for a lot of my investors that I work with, they're buying newer properties or, or they might do a burst strategy with the likes of Elsa, but that's because they've already built up their equity. So you need to build up your equity and probably at this stage you, you don't have a huge amount of disposable income as well, I would assume, or most people don't when they're starting out. So you need to be buying in cheap areas. And actually there was a young guy in Omaru who spoke to us and he bought four properties for 890k with a gross yield of 8%. So servicing's a little bit easier, use his parents' building skills to help. So he's bought affordable properties with a good cash flow and he's added some value. So you want to go active. You want to either use your own skills. So if you're handy enough with a paintbrush, start using those skills. Be prepared to put in some long hours after work like I did when I left the BNZ at seven o'clock and went to 20 Bacluse Street and, and did a bit of work. Be prepared to get your hands dirty because nothing good comes easy apart from Ed falling into the lap of Opus. Um, <laughs> and Half crowd. You've always wanted me to fall in your lap. That's terrible. (laughs) So go active. And look, if you're useless with a paintbrush like me, give it a go anyway. Uh, (laughs) And and or leverage off your friends. So if you've got a friend who's a builder, see if they'll do a cash job perhaps or get someone to do a cheap kitchen because you know your dad's friend works at placemakers. Start to leverage on those relationships to try and do things as cheaply as possible. And just on that one of the young guy in Oamaru, nice guy I met in the Kauru Lounge, you'll probably be listening to this while you're at work, you know, bought four properties for 890. You know, that's on average something like this is recently. Yeah, this is just this weekend. You know, that's an average of 220 per property. Now, the reason I put that down here is because there are areas out there where you are able to buy properties very, very cheaply. 
And one thing you might have to do when you're servicing is a bit lower and you don't have that initial equity is purchase in really cheap areas. So if you currently live in Hamilton, you might not end up purchasing a property in Hamilton to renovate or do something with. You might do. We talked about on the podcast not long ago going to Narawahia. Now, their property price is still around that 550, 500k mark. You might go to an even smaller town, go to somewhere like Tokoroa. If you're in the South Island, you might go to Tamuka or Oamaru. You might go to these really small towns. Perhaps you flip a property in order to be able to get that investment out. What I mean by that is perhaps you use the bank of mum and dad to purchase your first property, you renovate it, increase its value, and then sell it so you're able to pull the cash out and then use that as the deposit for the next property. And the great part about that is if you're flipping on a lower tax rate and you're having to pay the bright line, then you're on a lower tax rate so it doesn't have as much of an impact. The other thing that I was talking to one of my friends over the weekend about investing, I said, hey, why don't you move into the property and do the renovations there? And they said, no, 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 we we don't want to give up our house. We don't really want to live in that neighbourhood. And I said, Get real. You know, you're doing this to make money. That comes with making sacrifices. So, yes, you rent a really nice house at the moment, but you can really improve your ability to borrow money if you relinquish that rent commitment and move into the property that you're going to renovate and start doing it. And yes, it's a pain in the butt living in a house while you're doing renovations, particularly if you're doing them yourself, because you can kiss goodbye to your weekends or ever being able to watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and not feel guilty that you're not painting that wall. But That's what you have to do. And again, with the topic of sacrifice, obviously try and earn as much money as possible, but give up some of those expenses to help save your deposit and get your servicing up. But again, getting ahead does require a bit of commitment. So maybe order a few less coffees during the week. Don't play Candy Crush, eat it at home and start saving your money. I think the big thing that you talked about before around leaning on the skills that you have within your family is very important, especially when you're still young and they're willing to help you out. So, for instance, I was talking to a young guy in our team, actually, and uh, you'll be listening to this, actually. You know who you are. And we were talking about their strategy getting started. He says, oh, maybe I should buy a new build. I said, absolutely not. Yours is not a passive strategy right now because you're young and you've got the ability to do this. You don't have kids. You don't have anything tying you. You've got no commitments. And your brother, in this case, is actively investing in property, going out and finding good existing property deals. So you need to lean on the skills that they have within your family unit in order to be able to move ahead. Sometimes you almost want to discount some of the strategies that we would talk about on this show in terms of purchasing new or doing massive renovations if you are 20 years old, if you are just getting started, if you don't have that equity yet, if you're not living in your first home yet, if you're not on a higher income yet. Now, once you get to my old age at 28. Or mind. You know, that's where you... 29. That's where if you're focusing more on your career, where actually there is more of a trade-off if you are going to do a more active investing strategy and where that might stop to being appropriate and where actually maybe it might make sense to be a little bit more passive. But I do think that's important to say. And I do think that this can start small. So I've got a friend who bought their first property with their sister. And they got some help from their parents' equity. This was in Auckland. They bought a property for about 1.15 mil. And they did a small reno. They purchased it because it was a pretty big section in this case. Now, they've just been approached from their neighbor's real estate agent who was selling with an offer from a developer for 1.8 mil. 
So we're talking about an increase of about 650k minus any of those renovation costs. Now, look, in this case, this friend got really lucky because we've just had a big boom in house prices because they purchased a property in March last year or May last year, just before property prices started to go really, really crazy. Now, They've done very well out of this, but they're also going to get a premium because of the developer is paying a higher price for that. They're selling with their neighbour, which we actually talked about on the show not that long ago, actually, which is quite interesting. But my point behind this particular story is that you just want to get started. So she didn't actually live in this particular property. She reached out, but her sister did in this case, but she just got started. And that is the key thing. Bought a house, better capital growth. In this case, they got really lucky because they've had such a lot of capital growth in a short period of time. But they're going to be able to then use that equity that they pull out of that property in order to be able to go and purchase the next property. They might be able to purchase the next property and an investment property depending on the makeup of their next situation. But getting started and then moving forward is definitely the key thing to point out. Now, Andrew, I'm going to ask for you, what's your top piece of advice? What's the main takeaway for someone just getting started looking to invest? I guess my piece of advice, which I alluded to before, is be prepared to make sacrifices. If you're prepared to make sacrifices now, you won't have to make as many sacrifices later on. And I was quite prepared when I was 19 to give up my social life pretty much, give up a bit of sleep, sacrifice a lot of the expenses that I would have today to be able to get into my first house. I mean, my car was a beaten up old Nissan Primera, which I never paid to get anything done to. I just saved every possible dollar that I could. I lived in the back flat at my parents' house and then bought their house off them and continued to live there later on. I was prepared to give up then so that I didn't have to give up later on, and it's worked out well. And definitely the main one for me, and I shared this in a News Hub article that we did not that long ago, actually, which is that you do not need equity yourself in order to be able to start investing. You just need to be a bludger. (laughs) You need access to equity, which is a slightly different thing. And I really get a bear in my bonnet when people look down upon a bank of mum and dad strategy where you're using equity within a parent's home because I think that means that you've got to have rich parents. No, 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 no. You just need a parent who's owned a property for a couple of years and has had some capital growth. Using that as the starting point for purchasing your first property, using that as the starting point to just get going is perfectly acceptable. And as I said, maybe your first property might not actually be a long-term buy and hold. It may be a flip. It might be something that you purchase, do some renovations on, and then sell. That is perfectly legitimate. But using that equity to just get started is very important. You don't actually need that equity yourself. You just need access to it. And I do think this is a legitimate way to just consider won't be available for everybody. Not everybody's got the parents who are able to do that or got a family member who's willing to do that for them. But for those people who do, it's perfectly legitimate. And actually, just remember, most of your parents would love to help you out. It's just that previously they've been told maybe don't give a guarantee, uh, you know, a whole lot of risks with that. But if you structure it appropriately, there can be limited risk around this. And sometimes you're just going to ask. And if they understand they don't have to actually give you money, they just have to guarantee part of your deposit to get you started. I'm sure that most people's parents would be more than willing to help them out. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you're a young'un or if you're a parent with some young'uns, 
send us a text with your questions about what you would like us to talk about on the show, specifically around these younger generations and what advice you'd like from us, what other questions you have. And remember, we are doing those cash flow hacking sessions. These are one hour with Ilsa Wolf. You could go through your portfolio and talk about strategies, identify strategies to increase the rent on those. Is a small fee for that, 250 plus GST. If you want to find out more, links in the show notes, tap or swipe over the cover out. There'll be a link in there. listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Emma Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of New Zealand property market. Until next time.